0: EME is a podcast that proves women can still be strong and influential while being godly and humble. Eme streams anywhere you listen to your music and podcasts. If you like what you hear, visit our website, emishur.wixsite.com for more resources. Okay, guys, so there are two types of people in this world, right? There are those who are single and those who are happy. But we're here to debunk this myth today. Um, And we're here to tell you that you can actually have both. You can be single and happy. And yes, it's possible. I know what you're thinking. You're crazy, Natalie, but I'm not here to tell you that you can be both. You can have the best of both worlds. And we're going to talk today about how that's hard. It's hard to get there. It's hard to get to that place where you're single, but you're very content with yourself, with your status, with all of it. And there were many single women in the Bible who displayed this very well but there's one in particular that i love and in fact her picture is staring at me on my desk right now and we're going to talk about her today so if everyone would open up luke 7 and we're going to read from verse 36 all the way to the end 36 to 50 we're going to read about the sinner woman the name of the father the son the holy spirit one god amen then one of the pharisees asked him to eat with him And he went to the Pharisee's house and sat down to eat. And behold, a woman in the city who was a sinner, when she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil and stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. And she kissed his feet and anointed them with the fragrant oil. Now, when the Pharisee who had invited him saw this, he spoke to himself saying, This man, if he were a prophet, would know who and what manner of woman this is who is touching him, for she is a sinner. And Jesus answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. There was a certain creditor who had two debtors, one who owed five denarii and the other fifty. And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, I suppose the one whom he forgave more. And he said to him, you have rightly judged. Then he returned to the woman and said to Simon, do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, but she has washed my feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss, but this woman has not ceased to kiss my feet since the time I came in. You did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrance oil. Therefore I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Glory be to God forever and ever. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God. Amen. So the sinner woman, I feel like at first glance, doesn't seem like this happy and single woman that we were introducing in the beginning. But there is so much to this story that, to me, like every time I read it, it's it's like an onion. Like you can keep peeling back layers. There's always more to it. Um, What did you guys think? I'm interested for initial thoughts.
1: I thought it was beautiful, but I remember my mom was telling me how the alabaster flask um, at that time—that's what they used to use. It was kind of like their dowry or something like that. Like that's what it cost so much money. So it's kind of to me. When I used to read that when I was little, I'd be like, "Yo, you'd give that up? That's crazy, because that's like that's really like uh, disabling yourself from finding like an actual husband on Earth, you know? Just because she saw this man and she really believed so much that he was God that she was ready to like offer herself in that way, which I thought was so beautiful."
0: Yeah. So a little bit of historical context to this. What I read up on this alabaster flask, which is so great that you brought this up, Karen, was this was this flask was more than Just a flask with some oil in it. This was a real, this was truly symbolic in the time. At the time, this alabaster flask was only opened on your wedding day and it was really expensive. It was usually the most expensive thing a woman would own. And you were only able to take out or use the oil that's in it by breaking the flask. So to give something away like that, that was a really big thing. That was like your status as a potentially, you know, like unhitched woman that was gone. And then also like the most expensive thing you own is now on the floor and crushed. What strikes me is that she did that coming from such a heavy past. She was a sinner woman. So she, she was with a lot of men and she could have made a lot of decisions of how she perceived men based solely on her past interactions but she really had to leave and give up that past and i feel like if i was her and i made the decision to approach christ i would have done it as a last resort like to me it would have been like okay this is like the last guy because it also says in the passage that um in 47 for she loved much like she had a lot to give she 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 was a woman who fell and she fell hard right and she never found the man to reciprocate. Um, so if I was her, I would go to him as a last resort. I'd be like, this is the last hope I have. And if this man fails me too, well, then I've given up on men. And then she did what I think is the most like, impactful thing that you could do at the time, which was at his feet. She understood that she needed a change she was so unhappy with her with her status with the way that she was with the way that she was loving so hard and no one loved her back in that same way no one was able to fulfill that that need that she had and she essentially understood this idea that in order for Christ to fill her she needed to empty herself and so she 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 broke this flask she broke the most expensive thing she owned And everything that came with it. So her status, her uh, the financials, her everything that made up who she was. And she broke it at his feet, which then emptied what was in it. And she kind of, she gave him the pieces and said, I'm giving you this broken flask. And I don't really know what you're going to do with it. But I want you to put it back together in however way you think it should be put. And there's something so beautiful about that because she she was her faith saved her. She walked off happy. She walked off peaceful. Her status didn't really change. It's not like God gave her a man, right? But he was the man. He was able to give her what no other man was able to give her. And I think that she really did approach life after that in in a very different manner.
1: Yeah. And I love that you said that whole thing about emptying and like giving because I think Um, when we think about that season of singleness and how to actually make use of it, usually what comes to mind is, you know, just filling ourselves up, which is such, such an important step, like, you know, prayer and reading and, and, and like getting to know Christ more, which is so good. But I feel like an important step before that too, is letting go of things like letting go of not just the desire to be in a relationship, because honestly, that desire might never fully go away. But letting go of the past, like you said, like she was ready to just genuinely let go of everything. So that means if you were hurt, like letting go of maybe never getting closure, never getting answers, Um, letting go of a fantasy or letting go of the fact that maybe if you tried harder, something would have happened, like all those thoughts that we have as girls sometimes just genuinely being like, I I don't care what happened. I don't care what I got, what I didn't get. I'm just going to let it all go and go fill myself with
2: grace. That's beautiful, Karen. And I even add like letting go of your plans and the way you think you're going to find the guy, letting uh, go of your expectations, letting go of everything and of, of all your life and, and putting it down at the feet of Jesus St. Augustine says something so beautiful. He says, the sinner woman went to the banquet without being invited because the physician was at the table. In sanctified courage, she asked him for health. She came to know only too well the cruelty of the disease she was suffering from. She also realized that the one she was coming to is the only one able to grant her this health. And this is why she comes to him in
0: all keenness
2: and strength. And she drew near to his feet and not to his head.
0: I I distinctly remember this lesson that was... Uh, given to us when we were like grade five or grade six and I remember we passed around a piece of tape and we were told to stick it on ourselves and then rip it off and then give it to the next person they stick it on themselves and so on Um, and by the last person it wasn't sticky anymore by the time we got to that last person she asked us why and it was obviously because we put it on and ripped it off so many times that it lost its tackiness she said many times when we're in so many relationships or when we're so focused on guys that even if you're not in a relationship but if you just have like man after man after man on your mind you start to you, you tend to start thinking what's wrong with me hmm. when it's not you in the first place right like you were never a problem in the first place Being single isn't like that waiting stage. It's not like I'm here for like a, a, a short amount of time just to get to the next stage. This is
2: such an important thing for us to realize. The season of singleness is not a waiting room or a waiting period for your life to begin so that you can be happy, just like we said at the beginning. That's not it at all. It's a season of life that God has planted, that God has planned, and it has a purpose in and of itself, just like any other season in your life. And so treating that, treating it as a waiting period makes us either so anxious, and so we're not living in the present, we're always looking at the future, or living in the past, which is what we're saying the sim- sinner woman completely stopped doing because she knew this was hopeless. Or it makes us so tired of looking or it makes us look everywhere. And that's where the stickiness goes on and off and we we, we lose every kind of emotion or, or possible hope of a good relationship because we've been hurt so many times. But when you realize that this has a certain purpose in your life, you can
0: actually make use of it. So now the question I'll pose to you is what is this purpose? Um, I think it's a great time to discover yourself. And I think the sinner woman in Luke 7 did that perfectly because everything that she thought defined her, she... She dashed and shattered at his feet. And she, by giving him the pieces back, she also asked him to redefine her. Redefine me for me. Into whoever you want me to be. Whatever kind of woman you want me to be. And she gave up all of her preconceived notions. Anything that came along with who she thought she was and who she thought men were. So I I really think this period is best spent trying to discover who you are in Christ by emptying that oil out of your flask and and having him fill it again.
1: Yeah, and I also, I, like, in redefining you too, I feel like having that time alone, you can really think too about, like, your calling. I feel like this might be a, a stretch, but I feel like sometimes we were all born with this notion that we have to get married, Um, And it's just such a preconceived notion, especially like in today's society, that I feel like that's not the way it always has to be. You know, some people could be meant for the monastic life or some people are meant to stay unmarried and serve in the world. Or there's so many other things that if that perfect guy doesn't come, you don't have to settle for just anyone just for the sake of like doing that next step. Like you were saying, it's not it doesn't have to be a waiting period.
0: And I feel like any... Anybody listening who is afraid of what Karen just said or like just kind of worried that, oh, like, I don't want that to be my calling. I just want to say that is not you're not like a minority in the sense that you are the odd person that is just not called to marriage. Mm -hmm. Like there are many women out there who are called to do different things than marriage. And this is where our girl power can really kick in is it's not about I don't need no man, but it's more about I am just fine, me and the man. And then and then I will run and do my thing. And honestly, if there's someone who can catch up with me, then I'll introduce myself. Yeah. And I also,
1: like, I want to highlight the fact that, like, even though it's not a waiting period, it also is a time to work on yourself and redefine yourself, like you said. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it is actually a good time to, Get yourself prepared, not for the purpose of a future relationship, but it will get you prepared so that when it comes, you are prepared in a sense that a lot of the times I feel when we don't use that time to work on ourselves, people will get into a relationship and they'll think all my problems will get solved. So if I struggled Mm -hmm. with anxiety, when I have that guy who really loves me and gives me the validation I seek, I'm going to be fine. Actually, it gets so much more amplified in relationship relationships. There's so many more struggles you don't see at first. Things that you you actually need to be like a whole person in yes. Christ to be able to handle. Yeah, it's not it's not just thinking like, oh, my problems will fix themselves when I find that person. Your problems aren't going anywhere, you know?
0: I hate, yeah. I hate, I hate. He completes me or he's my oh, other yeah. half. This is the thing. This is where the problem lies. It's when we rely on him to be our other half or to complete me as if I am part empty. And he was the solution that, you know, filled the gap, filled in the gap. Like, no, (laughs) why can't we be whole people in Christ? Why can't Christ be that man that fills you? Like, God knows he's the only man that can do that perfectly. Right. But if, but then it's like, I can't even say I give my whole self to him because you just said you're half of a person (laughs) without him. So there's like this. There's a lot of things that we like to say that are circulating online or or just amplified because of what was what was beautifully said in movies or what was so romantic in that one rom-com that we watched and it made us, you know, feel bad about ourselves. Like, no, you you be whole. Go ahead and take the initiative. This sounds so harsh, but like go ahead and take the initiative and make yourself whole in him. Discover him for yourself, become a whole person yourself. And then if you meet someone that complements you, not completes you, that's the person that maybe is worth our time. Yeah,
2: <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Psalm 37, 4, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. No one else will. No one else will complete you. And another thing I want to say is romantic relationships are not a definition of your worth because... Mm they are not in any way a definition or a measuring factor of how lovable you are or how funny or how pretty or whatever it is. This Again, it comes back to this waiting period. It's a season that God has set, and it's a season that he wants you to be completely fulfilled in him so that in marriage, you can also continue to be fulfilled in him and solely in him because we know that humans are imperfect. We cannot rely on a husband or a man or a friend to fully um, complete us or to fully, you know, fulfill us. And the other thing is, we're working on ourselves because we are awaiting the ultimate wedding. And this is what comes back to what Karen said people are not called for marriage, maybe on earth, but everyone is called for a heavenly, divine, eternal wedding. And so, Anything that we're developing for our earthly wedding, if that is the calling of God for us, is ultimately for our heavenly wedding with Christ, the bridegroom, the bridegroom of the church. So purity, chastity, holiness, all of these things still apply, even if you don't have a calling for marriage on earth, because those are for your ultimate bridegroom in heaven.
0: And I urge everyone to kind of think about those moments where you feel like, oh, I really wish I was in a relationship and think why. And I think it really usually boils down to I want to be loved or I want someone to tell me nice things or any of that. And I also think that what happens is we think that marriage is the end. Like once you're married, that's it. I'm done. I've achieved it. But not only is marriage the very beginning of a lot of things, positive and negative, but marriage is supposed to be... I think it's objectified now, whereas it is supposed to be more of a vehicle that gets you to him, that drives you towards Christ. And that's why it's so important to have, you know, a man that is godly or a man that is going to help you reach him faster. And that's why it's also okay if marriage is not the calling, because that's just Christ saying, there are faster ways for you to get to me okay so i heard so many amazing points from you ladies and i wanted to ask a really practical question when we're scrolling through social media and seeing people posting about their relationship or maybe all our friends are in relationships how do we deal with feelings of loneliness and how can we overcome those feelings
1: i think that's a really really good question especially um, we just came out of Christmas time and usually around the holidays, I feel like it's really easy to kind of get caught up in that and feel like you're surrounded by couples and people posting the pretty pictures beside the Christmas tree and it's like, how do you enjoy those seasons while single, while you're alone without feeling the weight of your loneliness? I, I love that you brought that up. And I feel like, honestly, the the main way to do that is to be thankful for what you do have. I think it's really easy to get caught up in what you don't have, especially when it's being, you know, shoved down your throat. Um, So it is understandable. But it is also recognizing that you can have special moments and you can find love in different ways, whether it's with your family during the holidays or with your friends. And you can do activities that aren't necessarily saved up for relationships. You can do with other people. So I think it's just trying to be thankful for what you do have and finding the joy in that and and really
2: that will get you closer to god in the process as well again as a basis and we're going to sound like a broken record but we have to find fulfillment in him first through prayer and through bible guys the bible is like it's like god's written love story for you or like a love letter letter. entirely yeah And, you know, like they're obviously the very romantic ones, like Song of Songs, Sometimes. but even like Isaiah, like I, I read Isaiah very kind of like profoundly for the first time ever, kind of last Lent. And I, I could not believe the beauty of it and the promises and the hope that it gives. So again, God is so fulfilling. But the other thing maybe that I want to mention is ultimately our... our desire for marriage should be to outflow a love that is so big from God that is overflowing from us to someone else. And, you know, ultimately we want to serve this somebody so we could practice this service life from now, from before um, marriage, because first of all, singleness gives you a very a free life. It gives you kind of liberty to manage your own time, manage your own energy. Um, but also it, it kind of, it's, it's, a, it's a time to, for you to learn how to serve others. You can gain joy. You can realize that your life is not as lonely and miserable as we make it seem when we're single. Um, and so that we can practice for marriage maybe very practically we can talk about serving and sacrificing to the people we've talked about in series 1 and this is why we did a series 1 of all the other relationships before you know the the type of relationship everyone was waiting for if you're living with friends or roommates or your family or siblings learn um and i speak to myself we we have to learn to sacrifice and to serve them before we're able to serve um our husband
0: yeah i think it's definitely difficult to see people around you not to, and you can't help but think um, oh, yeah. that that that's so nice, or, um, oh, I wish I had that. I think what we tend to do, though, is we tend to overly romanticize the people, the, the relationships that we see, but we belittle or deprecate our past relationships, um, romantic or not. Um, and I think it really takes a toll on ourselves, and then we have it pour over into who we are, and we start questioning our identity and stuff. And I think going back to the passage the sinner woman really, really hammered down on this part because she started washing his feet with her hair and she started kissing his feet and she started all of those things that almost every part of her, everything that made up who she was, she kind of gave to him. And that was the most romantic part for her. Not the guy that, I don't know what he did to her, Um, super romantic, surprised her, whatever, in the past, or the guy before that, or the guy before that. They weren't little fragments of really romantic things in this framework of chaos Mm -hmm. that these men made for her. But she went to this super peaceful man that kind of turned the chaos into art, and he made her into this beautiful, like, masterpiece which is, we talk about that in identity and in worth and in that entire season, one thing, that you are this masterpiece that he yeah. creates. And so she she truly did let him redefine. And I think that if you're ever on Facebook and the 16th person has been proposed to and you're feeling down about yourself, um, I think take that feeling as a blessing almost because it will make, it, it will act like a mirror. Um, it is in those moments where you truly can identify how you feel about yourself being single and then amplify on that and then talk to him about it and tell him how you're feeling like i think i think we can all be honest with him in that way yeah where we like let him know we're like honestly i'm not loving the fact that everyone around me is in a relationship and i feel like i'm the only one um but like fill that emptiness in me
2: and when we offer something to him, he gives it back to us in a wholly transformed way. So uh, life has no deadlines. Sometimes we put deadlines for ourselves. But I think we need to offer even these deadlines to him. And he, he um, transforms them. One of the most helpful verses that have helped me in the past year um, when waiting for a lot of things was Psalm 3115. My times are in your hands. Oh, mm-hmm. I love this verse because it doesn't even talk about like one time. It talks about all your times. You know, your time for acceptance, for engagement, for um for friendship, for anything. All your times are planned in his hand, but we just need to kind of submit our own um hopes or agenda to him and he he'll give it
0: back to us in a way that's that's beautiful. It, it you know, he's not going to destroy our dreams. So I guess we can even redefine the word I think from now on. Um does it would it make sense to say instead of saying you're single or we could say we're in preparation it sounds yeah. lame but it's like we're in preparation and it doesn't have to be preparation for marriage it could be we're just in preparation for whatever he wants for us yes. whatever is waiting for us until we are devoted whether it's devotion to a man yeah. or whether it's devoted to a service or whether it's devoted to a completely different calling in his name
2: yeah but at the end of the day there is this devotion I and mean, i love that you mentioned that this faithfulness because the idea of gigging is really, really oh destructive, I think. <laughs> gigging, for those who, like me, did not know what it meant, it's it's ba- basically the tape analogy, you know, the, the oh, we're just flirting, oh, we're just ha-ha-ha, it's, it's nothing serious, you know, all these kinds of um, flirtatious superficial relationships that we put ourselves in and we think that this has no bearing on my real marriage, whether you know we're talking on earth or our ultimate marriage in heaven, but that is not true. Faithfulness has to be a, a thing we abide by because if we want to be faithful in real marriage and in real relationships, we need to start from now. And our heart and Natalie, you you tell me this, our heart is is not a joke, right? Anything that that comes near our hearts is not trivial. And so we have to watch what we do, watch what we watch. Um, What are we exposing ourselves to? Which relationships are we really partaking in?
0: Yeah. At the end of the day, the very last verse of Luke 7, he says, your faith has saved you. It was her faith. Um, It was who he was and how she allowed him to work in her that saved her at the end. Yes. And yeah, going back to what you said, I absolutely hate that. I don't even want to say the the G word. But yeah, because you, your heart and emotions and feelings are not something to be played around with. This might sound harsh, but it there's this saying that I've heard that was basically do not do not expect for men to treat you like a Bentley when you drive around like a Honda. You know, like don't go around doing these like really meaningless meaningless in the sense that like it doesn't do anything for you and it doesn't help how you feel or how you're affected or anything but expect for someone to view you as this holy really fulfilled woman one of the really powerful
2: things that father nathaniel Gergis always says is are you the person who the person you're looking for is looking yeah. for So think about that. But it's true because we obviously, you know, we have high standards. We want the guy to be faithful and holy and successful and everything. But are you that? Mm -hmm. Because even if you find a guy like this and you are not that, he might not want you.
0: So I think for anybody listening right now who is in that state where you feel like you're single and unhappy about it. I I think my first tip would be to let him know, to talk to him about this. And to let him redefine who you are to kind of smash that vessel in front of him and mm-hmm. to ask him to fill you with whatever he wants to fill you with and, and let him know, like amplify your voice, scream because I need to hear it and have faith because that's what saves. Yeah. And I, I know that sounds very theoretical, but he does yeah, work. No, have it faith works. In his plans.
2: Yeah. Have faith in how everything he makes works out for the beauty of his plan. And, you know, the the wonderful verse in Ecclesiastes, he makes everything beautiful in its time. When we rush into relationships, maybe they don't
0: end up as beautiful as when he would have planned them. And if you let him, if you let him in and if you let him fill you, just like the sinner woman did in Luke 7, I don't think you'll feel very single anymore. And therefore... There is no such thing as a single Christian if you let him work. In the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, one God, Amen. Lord, I pray today for all the women who are single and who are in relationships, who feel empty and they're missing something and they don't know what it is and they don't feel fulfilled with the state that they're in. I pray that just like you did with the sinner woman that you fill us and that you take these broken pieces you take our broken hearts you take our broken pasts our broken connotations of men that you that are your creation lord and that you put it back together in a holy and blessed way i pray that you empty us of the things we think matter the most the most expensive oil and that you fill us with the messages and with the sweet nothings that you want to whisper into our ears, Lord. Lord, thank you for making us thank you for 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 making us never feel alone when you're with us and for being this so present. Continue, Lord, to do that for anybody who feels like you're not holding their hands and you're not guiding them, Lord. Help debunk this notion that you can't be single and and happy. Lord, you can you have showed us that you that you can make that happen for us. And whenever we feel worthless because things that are not yours define us, then Lord, redefine us. Take it into your own hands and make us restore us to that beautiful woman and that holy identity that you have given us from the very beginning, Lord. Increase our faith continually and let it be the thing that saves us, not a man not a relationship, but our faith. Through the intercessions of St. Mary, St. Magdalene, all the choir for saints, Lord, we pray with all thanksgiving. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. Christ Jesus, our Lord, for thine is the kingdom, the power, the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit. One God Amen.
2: If you liked what you heard today, visit our website, emisher.wixsite.comslash mysite, for links to the resources used to prepare for these episodes. Have a question? Want to suggest a topic? Write us on our website. Don't forget to subscribe wherever you are listening to this and follow us on our Instagram and Facebook pages. Please keep us in your prayers. God bless.